0: There were four, four potential presidential candidates. The question is whether they will be eligible, whether they will qualify. If there is an election, who will win? At least one of them will qualify. I'll have another one on just in a moment, and he is Mr Ng Kok Song. So welcome to episode 65 of Teh with Walid. I am delighted to have our presidential hopeful, Mr Ng Kok Song, on And he is, of course, now, I think he is quite a household name, household face. He appears a lot in the media. He does a lot of interviews and presses. And I am extremely happy that he has decided to join this humble session with me. And we will be talking about the entire presidential campaign, what it means. And we are going to ask him the, the more spicy questions as well. And I think he is game enough to answer that. Hi, Mr. Ern. Hello, Wahey. Hello, thank ah, how are you. you. Thank you so much. I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this. Mm, I thought you were going to be at my home. I was hoping <laughs> oh, to welcome you. Oh, easy. Okay, okay. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, when you become president, I'll, I'll head over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, what a pleasure to be able so it's to, uh, to talk you. At, Absolutely, mine. Thank you so much. I know you have been doing a lot of uh, these interviews and I'm, I'm really glad that you, you chose to do this as well. Mr. Ng, let's get to it, right? First, firstly, before, before, we, uh, before I ask the questions, I just wanted to thank you for throwing your name in the head and I think it's good. What, what you said is absolutely true. Singapore needs a presidential contest. I think the, the institution needs a contest. So I'm glad that Mr. George Goh uh, throw his name in, uh, in the ring, in the head, and yourself as well. So thank you. Thank you so much, and I, I really wish you all the best. So, uh, Mr. Ern, the first question is people are still asking, even though you've answered so many times, people are still asking whether you are really independent or whether you are planted by the establishment. And then they see Madam Ho Ching praises you a lot. I just saw her Facebook post. And Mr. <laughs> Joshua, former foreign minister, uh, endorsed you as well. So, uh, what? How would you respond to that? Whether you are indeed independent or an, a, plant, a planted, by the establishment?
1: You know, Walid, you have to help me to explain to uh, to the Singapore public. You know, what the various terms mean, right? What is establishment? Uh, what is uh, uh, public service? What is governing party, right? And what is independence? So I think there is a uh, confusion, uh, you know, it, between all these terms. So as you know, um, establishment, establishment is a very broad spectrum of the population. I think it includes, uh, you know, political parties. In the United States, it would be Republicans and Democrats. They are all part of the establishment, and especially establishment also refers to uh, civic organizations, civic organizations, and even religious institutions like in, in, in the UK, you know, the, the Anglican Church is regarded as part of the establishment. And it includes, of course, the, uh, the, the public service, uh, public sector service. So it's a very broad term and, and, and many people belong to the establishment. All right. And then the next term is uh, in regard to public service. I think that is quite easy to to describe. You know, that this is basically people working in government ministries and in the statutory boards. And in Singapore, I think we have about 150,000 of these people. And and most importantly, to know that out of this 150,000 people, I don't think more than 1% would belong to any political party, all right. So that's an important distinction to make, and then of course we have the uh, the political parties, you know, both uh, uh, opposition as well as the governing party, and then there's the governing party, which in Singapore is the People's Action Party, since the time we were independent, all right. So, so for me, I would say yes, I'm part of the establishment Because I had worked in the public service for 45 years. All right? And then, secondly, do I belong to the the political party? No, I do not belong to any political party. In that sense, I'm independent of politics. So I think it's a very important distinction to, to, to make instead of just generalizing. So, along the same terms, I would say Mr. George Goh is also a member of the establishment, he's a member of the business community which is really part of the establishment, you know. And so is Mr. Tan Kim Lian, you know, having worked in the mm. NTUC income, you know. And of course, Taman, he's not only a member of the establishment, he was a leader of the People's Action Party. Huh? Right. So I think it's important to, to make those distinctions. Thank Do you, you agree? I, I agree with that. I think that's a very
0: uh, useful way to distinguished just because you're part of the establishment doesn't mean you're part of the ruling party Uh, so so thank you for that Uh, if if I could be more specific because you have said before uh, that uh, SM Taman also asked you to to run and if if I could be specific were you did you have any conversations with senior members of the ruling party about running maybe PM Lee or or any minister that or it was just a decision that you made on your own which you didn't consult any of your friends i mean
1: some of them are your friends right no no it it was my decision totally my decision but before i made the decision i consulted some of my close personal friends as well as some of my peers who have worked with me uh, in the civil service right not not in 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 the political (laughs) service and so i consulted them because i wanted to get another opinion i want to you know think so highly of myself <laughs> and 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 i want i wanted to have a reality check you know uh by way of uh, close personal friends who know me well and um most of my very close personal friends advised me not to stand for the election oh, really because, Why? yeah because they felt that uh, i had done enough i had done enough i've contributed enough and that at this stage of my life, I should enjoy my retirement <laughs> and not go through the ordeal you know, of having to campaign for the presidential. They were honestly very concerned about my welfare. you know. But when I consulted some of my friends who have worked together with me in the public service for many years and who have a heart for Singapore. So they say that Singapore needs a change. We need a balance in our political governance, you know. And and if I feel that I have have the energy and the passion to stand for presidency, I should do so. All right. So so I I sort of uh, agonized over it as you would if you are making a life changing decision. Uh, of course. Then ultimately, I consulted my fiancee, Sybil because um, for me to, to stand for president, it will involve a considerable intrusion into our private lives. And particularly for, for civil, you know, because people will be interested to know who is civil, who is Coxong's uh, partner, you know, what's the yeah. background, you know? So I was extremely concerned about that. and uh, But to my... To my wonderful surprise, Sybil did not take long. She says, Kok Song, if you feel strongly that this is what you want to do for the people of Singapore, I'm prepared to endure this intrusion into my private life, and I will support you. So once I made the decision, I said, "Okay, I'm going ahead. And uh, and in fact, I phoned up Mr. Tamman to uh, to explain to him personally the reasons why I'm standing. So I explained to him that it is very important for the presidency that there should be an election because we are talking about the office of the elected <laughs> president. How can you have an elected president when there's no election? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so Taman understood that, and I said you yourself said that, yeah, you would like to be
0: right: he did. Yeah.
1: So I said, I, I'm going to contest, you know, so that there is an election, so that if you are chosen by the people of Singapore, you have a mandate from the people.
0: right, so 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 uh, Mr. Ng, so basically just just to get the timeline, so you only call uh, Taman after you had decided right not not yes. before yeah okay yes. thank you thank you okay so i think that should put to rest all this uh, speculation already uh, thank you so much so uh, it's interesting because you you brought up your your fiance uh Sybil, and i think a lot of the interviews i see people are asking you about her and so on i'm not gonna ask you about her uh, because you are the one running not her but thank you for thank you for putting it out there that uh, there are personal costs to people who run in elections, and it, it usually involves families as well. Yes. All yes. right. So, so, so let me ask you, uh, Mr. Ng, if you were not in the race, who would you vote for? If it was Taman versus George Goh, who would you choose? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in some countries, you're allowed to uh, to, to 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 vote. You know by saying first choice, second choice, right? Right, right. In, in Singapore, it. we don't have that. We have to choose only one, you see? <laughs> so if I were given a chance, at first choice, second choice, all right, uh, I, would, I would put probably George Goh, 60, and, and Thamund, 40%. Oh, really? Right? How yeah, can? but no, no, let me explain to you the reasons. Yeah, yeah. Right, we all, have, we all have reasons for the way we make decisions, mm. all right? So for me, I think the most important decision was that we need to have a balance in the political governance of Singapore, by which I mean it is better, I think, to achieve this balance by having a presidency that, you know, held by somebody who has no political affiliation, independent. I feel that the time has come in the evolution of singapore's governance that we should have that now the second consideration is competence right now undoubtedly tamang is more competent than george Goh in terms of his understanding of finance and uh, in terms of his international stature you might say yeah. you know but on balance i feel that if mr go has the support and the advice of the Council of Presidential Advisors, there could be a mitigating factor in terms of this area of competence. So on balance, I feel that uh, it's important at this juncture of uh, the political governance in Singapore to have an independent president.
0: Interesting. Thank you so much, Mr. ung. I honestly wasn't expecting that answer. <laughs> so can I... Can I uh ask you do you think this election is ultimately a referendum on the PAP because SM Taman is I would say more popular than the average PAP person but uh, uh, probably this election is gonna be it's not just about SM Taman versus Ng Kok Song George Goh and Tan Kin Lian but it's probably gonna be about who's independent and who's not do you think that is a fair fair way to characterize this election I think
1: You know at any time at any point in time the people of singapore has got certain uh political grievances you might say or concerns you know and therefore whether it's the presidential election or whether the general election you know unavoidably it affects the way they vote you see i mean that's the reality you cannot divorce this you know because yeah. people want to vent their feelings, you know. And my sense is that uh, uh, the people of Singapore would like a reduction you might say in the concentration of power in Singapore, you know, and, 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 and this will inevitably affect, I think, even the presidential election. It would definitely affect the general election, right. in my opinion.
0: Thank you. Okay, so there's a clarification, so I think Subhash and Arun asked, were you calling to ask for Taman's consent to legitimize his mandate? That wasn't how I read it, uh, it was just a courtesy call, you know, right? It, that you it, called it him. was, it was really just, look courtesy. Here and,
1: like, Yeah, courtesy, yeah, it was a courtesy, okay. bear in mind that we have worked together for many years right, right. at the MAS and at the GIC, and I admire him, I right. admire him, you know, and 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 so the decent thing for me to do was to call him, and right. not have him read about it in the newspapers. You know, right. <laughs> so it's, it is it, it, a mark of respect, you know. And I think it is because of our friendship that I thought that is the, the appropriate thing to do.
0: Right. I I appreciate that as well. I think the the election should be done in in. Uh, a way that is reflective of the decorum of the presidency, I think. Yes. Uh, yes. So this is a bit. It's very different from parliamentary elections. You know, there's going to be a bit more nastiness. But I think president, the presidential yes. election should no, be a bit. Yeah, of I, the, I uh, mean,
1: that, see, I think one of the reasons why I'm standing is I want to honor the office of the presidency, and the first way we honor it is that there should be an election. It should not be another walkover. Right. Otherwise, you will be the fourth right. of you know you will be the fourth walkover out of six terms of the president yeah and then secondly I, I i i explained to taman i said if if we are both contesting i do not regard him as my opponent i'm not challenging him we are both offering ourselves as choices for the people of singapore
0: that that should be on your t-shirt mr eng we are offering mm. ourselves to Singapore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. So what would uh what would an Unkok song presidency look like?
1: What can we expect if you win? Well, independent. <laughs> All right. In other words, no previous or current political affiliation. I think that puts me in a better position, I think, to unify people of different political inclinations and different political views. Secondly, I want to put the emphasis on the youth, on the younger generation. And the reason has got to be optimism and hope for the future. Hmm? I mean, my sense is that the current generation the younger generation are rather anxious about the future uh, they feel very uncertain about the future they wonder what life is going to be like they feel that life in the future is not going to be as good as in the past i think that's a set state of affairs and therefore even though the president does not run the government mm. the president must Strike you know uh, you know be a symbol of of hope and aspiration for the future, and I'm sure that uh, although I'm going to put the emphasis on the younger generation, when the younger generation are happier and more hopeful for the future, the older generation will also be happy because the younger generation are their children and grandchildren mm. you see so Even though I'm the oldest among the the people standing for election, uh, I'm quite youthful in my mindset because, you know, I'm optimistic about the future. The question is, what do we do to help our youth to prepare for the future? And that is why I spoke about the three specific ways in which I hope, you know, to help the youth Number one is to help them to to relieve stress. (laughs) And that is from my own personal experience, the practice of meditation. The second thing I want to put emphasis on is to help them to build self-confidence. And therefore, I would like our education system to do more to help our youth develop the skill of public speaking to be able to express themselves better to communicate better because that's an important life skill for work Mm. uh, for leadership particularly and i found you know from my own experience working in various organizations that that is one of the limitations uh, of of our younger generation compared (laughs) to let's say the western counterparts and then the third area which i think is very important is to educate the young about financial literacy to impress upon them the importance of saving money even if it's only a small amount when you first start out but saving money is very important because number one it helps to build up your financial security number two it gives you freedom and flexibility in life because if you end up with a bad boss and you cannot suffer the bad boss; it gives you the freedom to resign. And while you're waiting for another job, you've got some savings to fall back on, you know? And then I think thirdly, it's good to build up some savings so that if you want to go into business, you want to start an enterprise, and you, want, you go around asking people to support you, to lend you money or to invest in you, it's good to be able to say, I've got some money that I'm going to put in myself. I'll have skin in the game. So I think these are some of the areas that we can do to help our young. You know? and, and a lot of this has got to do with the, the life skills that we want to impart to the young. It's not just academic, professional skills. It is a skills, skill of, of uh, finding uh, you know, inner peace. You know? It's a skill of communicating better. It's a skill of building up their financial literacy
0: right thank so, you i
1: think a more you youthful looking president you might say right so
0: uh, and that's interesting because the the things that you mentioned are not policy per se right because because that's beyond yes. the powers of a president but i assume you are you're going to be campaigning on these things like this will you'll have a relief stress campaign if you have,
1: is something no, like I, that. i've been i've been speaking about this over the last uh few weeks. I've been making some podcasts and we have been sending out TikTok (laughs) videos and and I was so pleasantly surprised that the the, the two TikTok videos that we put out garnered, you know, the first one garnered almost 2 million viewers and the second one Mm. is gathering steam. The first one was about financial literacy and the second one was about lifestyle, you know, how to live a healthier life. You see, mm. so these are things that, that, that we can do. You can do as well, won't it?
0: Because you and have I a want
1: forum. To get you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as president, yeah. I mean, the president cannot make government policies, but the president can be an advocate. Right. The president can can encourage, you know, by in, by by assisting people, role models, for example, highlighting them, inviting them for tea at the Istana. Give a prize, you know, just to highlight the importance of all these issues.
0: Right. Thank you. It it seems to me that you have done quite a bit of thinking about the role of the presidency uh, and what are the limits and what what are the ways to overcome those limits. Thank you. Yes. So I think it's it's in the same vein because you talked a lot about reaching out to youths. Um, And by the way, for me, if you are old in, if you are healthy enough, you are you are young enough. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, the actual Thank age, uh, we shouldn't be ages. And you are very healthy. You're healthier than a lot of people who are 20 yeah. years younger than you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I think, yeah. I think we have, we have to be mindful of um, the chronological age. Right. Age, I think I'm 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So there's a difference between yeah, the yeah. biological age, the mindset, and the chronological age. Agreed.
0: Agreed i definitely agree yeah so uh, you you also talked about mental health right and yes. the first time i the first time i heard it right i say, oh is mr N trying to reach out to the to the youths because i mean there's a way to test this if it's uh, it's something you've been passionate about right so when in in your own career right what what were some of the things that you did as a boss or as a work as a colleague uh, to promote mental health amongst people
1: Well, you can only sort of um, speak and share out of experience, all right? So because I've been practicing meditation for the last 35 years, all right? So I I know I've experienced the value, the benefits of meditation, and I know how difficult it is to build a discipline, all right? So, So it was something that I felt I could speak From experience you know and and I would say that that meditation came to me at a very critical juncture of my life when I was 40 years old and I was in middle management so meditation and uh, mental health you might say prepared me for my leadership responsibilities you know for the next 25 years until I retired at around 65 years old And I think when we, when we talk about mental health, very important for us to make a distinction between success and happiness. Sometimes we confuse the two, all right? You can be very successful in your career, but you can be extremely unhappy.
0: Hmm.
1: You can be depressed, you see? Because you cannot be yourself, right? You're chasing after something. So I think it's very important to help everyone, not just the youth, but everyone to realize realize that everyone is looking for happiness, everyone is looking for peace, but most people are looking for it in the wrong places. Hmm. They are looking for it in terms of promotion at work, they are looking for it in terms of fame, social media fame, for example. They're looking for it in terms of pleasing their parents or their teachers, right? So those things means that you're acting, you're performing according to other people's expectations of you. So you're conforming. So you cannot be yourself. So the practice of meditation is good because when you are meditating, you stop thinking about yourself. You let go of your thoughts, your desires, your problems, and then you come to a peace of a place of peace and harmony within yourself, where you can be yourself. You don't have to perform, you don't have to act. You know, it's acting and performing that gives you so much stress. You see? So th- this is you know a good way of thinking about meditation.
0: Mm.
1: And and since the day I started meditating. I've been teaching people how to meditate. So I've shared this quite widely among business circles. I've taught this at universities, for example. And then, you know, I conduct a regular meditation class uh, in person before COVID and after COVID online, you know, Mm. where people of any, uh, you know, religion or no religion can come and I will share with them what I do, and then encourage them to meditate, you see. So this is something which I feel very passionate about because I think it will make our children, the young people especially, less stressed, more peaceful. And ultimately, it will contribute to higher productivity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when you are more peaceful, when you are more focused, right? You know you will be more productive.
0: Right. Thank you. And of course, I mean, we know that there is sort of, I mean, it hasn't reached an epidemic uh, level yet, but that it's mental health issues are on the rise, right? I mean, it's because of many, many reasons. But one of it is the prevalent use of social media. Exactly what you said just now, right? People no longer live their true lives, right? People are performing for others. And partly, it's because social media encourages us to perform for others yeah thank you for that 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 is too philosophical for a monday afternoon mr (laughs) (laughs) okay so so let's talk about the elected presidency i mean if you could extricate yourself from it for a while right so what what do you think about it as an institution do you think it's useful do you think that uh uh, maybe it's, it's, it's better to go back to one where it's not elected, where it's selected so that it can perform the ceremonial uh, functions better because ultimately the, I guess the biggest uh, function of the president which is not in the constitution per se right, in terms of powers which is to be the unifying figure for the country, right? So what, what are your thoughts on, on the institution itself?
1: Well, I think every political institution should evolve should evolve in the light of experience, all right? And the elected president, you know, should also evolve, you know? How do we go about electing the president? What should the powers of the president be? What should be the role of the council of presidential advisors? So I think it needs to evolve and it should be evolved in the light of experience. What are the the difficulties? What are the, you know, the negative consequences, you know, so there are some academics who say it is not fit for purpose, right? So let's examine that. But as far as this election is concerned, the rules are there. So, there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we should. I mean, there was a, a a commission set up to review. You know, and as a result, there were some changes made. So I think uh, it is worth thinking about this. But we must go back to the fundamental reason why an elected president. And the fundamental reason was to safeguard our reserves and to safeguard the integrity of certain parts of the public service. Keep in mind, so we have to have a discussion. Is that important? I think so. I think so because because the reserves of Singapore our strategic importance in Singapore our reserves is a defense in times of war you only have to go back to the example of Kuwait being invaded by Iraq do you remember that
0: I I don't yeah yeah
1: that's important and, and we I mean I hope the day will never come but we have to remember that all right Kuwait was liberated because they had reserves to pay the Americans mm. <laughs> to help them liberate their country mm. and they to rebuild the country secondly we need the reserves because our economy is very vulnerable to global developments 2008 financial crisis pandemic if we had no reserves how are we going to save jobs how are we going to cushion the impact on the lower income and then, thirdly, our reserves are very important in terms of instilling confidence in the value of the Singapore dollar. So, if you are clear that we have to save money, we have to build up our reserves because they are of strategic critical importance to Singapore, the next question is how? Right. All right. So, the why is more important than the how. Mm. Once you understand why, then you should figure out how. Alright, so how is because if we have a bad government who just wants to spend the reserves, what is the check? Before you had the elected president, there was no check. Alright, if there was no check, the reserves would be gone in no time. So if you want to have a check, what is the best way of checking all right? That's why I talk about the need for independence. Because if we have a government that is not trustworthy, who wants to rate the reserves, an independent president will say no. Now, the government can try to override the president. He's got to go to parliament and get two-thirds right. majority in parliament to right. override the veto of the president. All right? So these are the kind of... Uh, reasoning that we keep in mind if we try to design you know a, a better model of the elected president
0: right thank you so i think that's that's useful the why is more important than the how so the why for you is more relevant than ever right, right? safeguarding yes. the reason yeah okay thank you uh, so and and this this the next question is related it's a two-part uh, question so the first part what is specific about uh, lorries and foreign workers and this has been discussed a lot in the public and the business sector has pushed back against this which for a lot of Singaporeans this is quite common sense especially as a first world so-called first world country we should be doing better in this regard so that's the first question what's your what's your first part of the question what's your opinion on that secondly the president doesn't make policy Uh, in in a typical Westminster system the press the head of state also doesn't weigh in on specific policies right but we have a slightly different modified Westminster system I know President Halima uh, openly expressed her opinions on something so would you let's say there is a current policy about workers and lorries as president would you weigh in openly and be the moral
1: conscience of the country or how do you see the the role of the president? The president has, may not have the power to make policies, but the president can be an influence. Uh, definitely an influence in terms of advising the mm. prime minister or the cabinet. You know, preferably, I think, behind closed doors mm. instead of putting pressure on the government. All right? Now, on this matter about ferrying migrant workers in lorries, I think it's ghastly, it is inhumane to do that. We must put people first. Will we put our school, our children in lorries to go to school? Exactly. So let's wake up Singaporeans. You want to be a gracious society? You want to be a kinder society? We should not tolerate that, in my opinion.
0: Thank you. Thank you for your strong stand on that. I mean, I, I completely agree. It's just, that I think uh, people are thinking profits first a lot of times, uh, and and so that's the that's the set part. So yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. I think "ghastly" is the is the right word to to do that. And it's very interesting. You said uh, it's best for the president to advise behind closed doors. Is that is that the general approach you would take as president if there are disagreements? Is to be advised to be settled behind closed doors. And in public, the president and prime minister must be on the same page.
1: Yes. I think that the, the key thing to understand about the presidency is that the president should work with the government for the people. Oh. Both mm-hmm. words are important. With right. and for. For the people. But with the government. Persuade the government. It necessary, veto the government. Right. But not to make trouble. Because if you make trouble for the government, the country may not be able to function.
0: Right. Thank you. I, I feel like today you, you have got, uh, given me so many wonderful quotes, you know, uh, uh, the president should work with the government for the people, right? So not yes. with the government for the government and not against the government as well. That's not the function yeah. of a president, right? Yeah. Yes. yeah thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. So uh, George, you as your Mr. George, I've interviewed him, uh, I I really liked uh, that interview. Very intelligent man, and and for somebody that influential, that intelligent to endorse you, that's quite a big deal. <laughs> so, how, how, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, is that I mean, it's very strange looking outside, right? Because from the outside, because George was a was a colleague of S. M. Taman as well. Uh, so how 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 did you get Hill to support you? <laughs> <laughs> and what, what
1: do you think it, it, no, it thanks, is
0: re- thank, reflective
1: thankfully, of? Thankfully, we have many people in Singapore who are honorable and who are courageous and who have convictions. So I went to George because we are friends. He's known me for a long time. And I want to go and explain to him the reasons that I have given you why I'm standing for the presidency. I know he cares for Singapore. I, too, care for Singapore. Hmm? So it was a conversation between two persons who have been in the public service. He was in political office. I was in public service. We both spent many years of our life for Singapore. So I wanted to explain to him why I want to come forward to serve the people of Singapore as their elected president. And of course, I asked George for his support, or at least for his understanding. And George thought about it for a long time. He says he's also very good friends with Taman. (laughs) They were cabinet colleagues for quite a number of years. So he says, but I know you, Kok Song, for many, many years. He says, I think very highly of your capability. In fact, I, I, I recommended to the Vatican that they should engage you as their financial advisor. Oh. So George says, a- Kok I'm quite happy to be your character referee. Hmm? So he's that kind of man. And I was just uh, you know so delighted right that he understood my reasons for standing and Hmm. therefore and he says he could have said no and i could have understood right but he didn't Hmm. so so is it fair to say he shares i mean i I think
0: it's fair to assume that he shares your idea about the importance of the president being an independent person person who's not not related to the ruling party
1: He did not say that. So I don't want to say you said that.
0: Okay, Okay. thank you.
1: So now we
0: are sort of in tumultuous times. Even when you were declaring uh, your bid, uh, you said that this was a week of bad news, right? And hopefully you had some positive piece of news. Uh, As someone who has been through, you have been in the establishment, quote unquote, right? What would your advice be if you were the president, right? What would your advice be to the 4G especially, the 4G leaders with the impending takeover?
1: Well, I think, you know, nations rise and fall. Political parties rise and fall. Governments rise and fall. It it is very, very difficult to sustain for, for an indefinite period of time you know and so from time to time as we have witnessed here in singapore you might say a degradation of standards Hmm? when that happens the question is what do you do about it all right so thankfully you know action has been taken you know to to say what what are the faults in the system and what should we do about it i think the worst thing is to sweep things under the carpet and pretend that that's just an anomaly I think there have been too many incidents to write this off as a one-off event. Mm. So I think the courageous thing is to face the reality Mm? Mm. and then to ask ourselves, what can we do? And one of the things that I feel is that it is not just sufficient for people in political office, for people in high public office, to just comply with the letter of the law. You've got to comply with the spirit of the law. Because the letter of the law, you did nothing wrong. Mm. But there's this thing called optics, public perception. So you are held to a very high standard of not only having to conform to the letter of the law, conform with the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law is when you look yourself in the mirror and you ask yourself, if this news comes up in the newspapers, how what will people think
0: mm.
1: You see so I think that is a, a very high standard, but that 's the way Singapore has held itself too an extremely high standard I think in practically every other country. Mm. <laughs> these things okay it's part of the game (laughs) but as the prime minister says trust in the government is what makes singapore exceptional
0: and and you would say that that trust is is at risk of deteriorating or dissipating or at this point in time
1: it has been eroded I see.
0: By some you of think the it has reason, happened already? Okay. It
1: has been eroded, all right. Then the question is, how do we restore that trust? Hmm.
0: Hmm. Because it's it's definitely not beyond repair, right? So
1: definitely not. No, no, no. I think the majority of our our, our ministers, our members of parliament, you know, adhere to very high standards.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. So. Uh, one of the questions that uh, people always ask uh, about the uh, this particular race is that SM Taman seems like the clear favourite, right? So if let's say you run and you don't win, right? Let's say you do not win um, what would be for you a, an acceptable or respectable vote share that you are targeting I mean I'm sure you are targeting, if you are running you want to win, but let's say you fall Short of that, what do you think? You say, "Okay, I can be proud of this." What, thirty percent, forty percent?
1: It all depends on whether it's a whether there are four horses, three horses, or two horses, isn't
0: it? Right, right, right. Huh? Yeah. So,
1: so, so difficult. So
0: you so would. What were you thinking? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so I think I think regardless of how many horses there is, if it's below sixty percent for. SM Taman, I think it's quite a disaster for the ruling party because he is sort of the biggest uh, name that they have. Uh, and if this election is a referendum on the ruling party, then uh, it, it, it is quite a disaster if it's, it's a low vote share for them. Um, but even if, if it's a, it's a two corner fight, let's say, let's say the other two are not, what, what would your target be? If it was just you, a straight up fight between you and
1: well you've answered the question 40 <laughs> 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 okay so you we, agree <laughs> well we mustn't we mustn't uh use numbers because people might go and buy 4g <laughs>
0: <laughs> i saw i saw your encouragement <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no no. I don't want to encourage people to speculate by by 4 me. It, it just happened, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh uh so w- based on your answer, right, when you said the four four cornered fight. So yes. uh uh would you say that you are not going to take away the votes from SM and but because I I pers- I see you as somebody who potentially could take away votes from S. M. taman and from George Go as well.
1: Yes. So, I'm do hoping you hoping to be the think? middle ground? Okay. I'm I'm right. hoping to be the middle ground. The question right. is, how big is the middle ground?
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. So, so you agree with that assessment that you see yourself as somebody who can take pull votes from both sides? Yes okay thank you uh, and i guess maybe that's your advantage over george go if uh, if both of you are eligible uh, then maybe george go would be less able to take uh, people who are more intent on voting for tarman thank you so much so just our final few minutes right i wanted to end on a more light hearted note right okay okay so um, could you, you know, because a president is supposed to be unifying, right? Uh, could you, would you be able to to tell me who your favorite PAP and opposition politician would be? <laughs> One each. Uh, uh,
1: president or? or
0: Up president to you. Present or... or past? Other than Mr. Lee Kuan Yew, of course. You cannot say Mr.
1: Lee Kuan Yew. <laughs> my, my My favorite my favorite uh... PAP uh and PAP opposition. politician yeah. excluding mr lee kuan Yew, yeah. is the prime minister mr lee syndrome tremendous courage when i saw him on tv having to explain all the all the recent problems i feel sorry for him hmm? that's courage and that's taking responsibility all right then opposition uh, politician I must honestly say, Mister Tia Kiang. and Mister Tia Kiang, not because he and I both come from Hougang.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, Hougang boy as well. Okay,
1: <laughs> but he shows he shows that he can be a loyal Singaporean, and he can make a good government better.
0: Hmm. <clears throat> that's uh, that's really positive. I mean, I I really like the. Uh, the way that you have been conducting so before this interview I was listening to all your interviews and I really like the way you've been conducting uh, yourself throughout this and even oh, you were saying you. that you, you have not taken any personal shots you know uh, you've tried to be uh, as factual as possible so so I really enjoyed uh, watching you and I, I also uh, like your, your answer about uh, about Tia uh, Kiang making a good government even better, and that's the value of having the opposition as well, right? So Jasbir asks, will we see an Istana wedding for the first time if you win? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I hope your fiance is not within your shot. <laughs> we,
1: we, we are both we are both relatively shy people, you know. So so an Istana wedding might be too. Uh, but if it makes the people of Singapore very happy, why not? We need a royal wedding. We need a royal No, no, we are not royals. We are common people. We are common people. We are not royal. But I, I, I think uh, you asked me earlier on what sort of presidency would I be projecting? I say a more youthful presidency. And I think uh, my fiance, Sybil, if we are lucky enough to be chosen by the people of Singapore, she will contribute to a more youthful presidency.
0: Hmm. So she will be involved in some of the
1: initiatives that you were talking about. Yes. She's very passionate about some of these initiatives, but particularly in the, in the area of preventative healthcare, preventative healthcare because she has some experience there. She's also a, a strong advocate for helping people with disabilities. Because she's on the board of directors of SG Enable, mm. the Enabling Village, right, right. So I think she she would very much like to uh, uh, to do more in those areas.
0: Right, uh, and as we were we were talking about uh, earlier, when people run in elections, there's sometimes unfair, a lot of times unfair scrutiny on the family members, right. But I guess in the in the case of the president, their spouses or their partners' pictures will be hung up as well. <laughs> so it comes with the territory as well, right? So I'm sure, uh, as in yes. I, I wanted to to thank her and, you know, Mr. George Goh's wife, you know, uh, when yes. you put yourself yes. out there, this is not Thomas easy. Mr. Taman's wife as well. Mr. Mr. Taman's wife yes. was there at the press conference, very eloquent yeah. as well, you know, so I, yes. I, I really appreciate that so mr and final final word okay so anything that you would like to say to singaporeans like one like one zinger like what is the one thing that you would like to say to them
1: i want to tell the people of singapore that i want to have the honor the highest honor that my country can give me by electing me as their president because I do want to thank the people of Singapore for what Singapore has given me. Hmm? I was a very poor boy, came from a very poor family. But because of Singapore, because of our education system and the opportunities I had, I have the possibility of standing for president. So I want to thank the people of Singapore one more time by standing for the presidency.
0: On that wonderful note, Mr. Ng, I really wish you all the best. Like, this was such a superb interview. And, you know, I honestly, before this, I didn't know of you. When I started listening to your interviews, I was thinking, wow, like, you are you are quite a brilliant man. And I think it, it came through today and I really appreciate it. I wish you all the best. I wish Thank you sir, so very much, Walid. Hopefully, the wedding thing will happen, whether in the Istana or not. (laughs) Thank
1: you, thank you. I will remember to invite you. You invite you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank Thank you you so much, Mr. Thank Uh. you. Okay. Thank you.
0: Bye. 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 Bye.